0: Hi and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods to the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hi and welcome to the Female Health podcast we are back with another episode and i'm joined by a lovely guest this week i have julietta and julietta calls herself the hormone whisperer on instagram which i i love because if we can get anyone to like teach us more about hormones it is Julietta she's going to give us all the knowledge we need to know and she is like a menstrual cycle nutritionist so obviously what that kind of means I'm going to get her to speak more about that but you know someone who really understands the menstrual cycle and uh, how food and nutrition and I suppose our lifestyle have a huge role to play in supporting us to have better hormones and a menstrual cycle so Julietta firstly thank you so much for coming
1: on today and joining me on the podcast (laughs) thank you i'm uh, yeah excited to be here talking hormones and uh, yeah seeing where the conversation takes us Absolutely
0: I think when we when um, two people who love hormones get together we'll probably be here for a while so I'll probably have to try and keep it short but um, tell us a bit about yourself firstly who who you are what you do who you work with and how you got into this kind of area because it's quite niche um, and um, especially in terms of nutrition it's kind of you're in a niche enough area so yeah I suppose. Big enough questions to answer
1: there, but yeah, take your time and let us know. <laughs> yeah, so um, my name is Julietta, like I said, I um I'm a menstrual cycle nutritionist. I like to call myself a hormone whisperer because I think what I do is sometimes more than nutrition. Nutrition is huge, but like there's so much more. I'm just really, really passionate about educating about the menstrual cycle and inspiring people to understand their menstrual cycles more and to live more cyclically and to understand what's going on with their bodies and I think the more work I do in this field I'm also like it's not just about educating people who have periods but educating everyone right because like menstrual cycle is it affects everyone and it's something that doesn't get talked about enough we don't understand it enough and that's really where my passion lies I started this whole kind of sort of chapter of my life, training as a nutritional therapist. I did a degree in nutritional therapy. I had my own hormonal issues. I was diagnosed with fibroids. I was told that the pill was the only option for me. I'd taken the pill previously, and I was like, I can't take this. It makes me insane. Like, I I, I cannot touch this thing. Yeah, so yeah. that was really what what really galvanised me into going. Okay, well, how can I support myself? What can I do? How can I really use nutrition to help me? And I used loads of other stuff as well. Yeah. I used acupuncture, you know, movement, whatever. But you know, nutrition was a key part of that. And as I started on my own journey. I started working with more and more people who needed help women primarily who needed help with their hormones and that was really where that journey kind of developed I started doing a lot of testing but not like what I was finding as well was everybody was going to the GPs and getting some hormone testing they were told they were normal you know and I'm sure you come across this a lot you with your PCOS yeah. kind of people as well right you're told you're normal or whatever and people are saying to me but I don't feel right you know um so I started going deeper into what we call functional testing, which is yeah. a little bit more like of a, a deeper picture of hormone health, um, using that a lot with my clients, with myself, really getting to understand, because I feel so many of us just, we're looking for explanations, right? Like we're looking for for something to explain why we're feeling the way we're feeling. So I did that. And then I think the, the sort of like the last bit of, of the work that I was doing came when I was still trying to get people to feel the same every day so you know I'd get clients and they'd be like oh you know I have bad cravings on this part of my cycle or oh I get really moody and clearly we don't want to feel like absolute lunatics you know when we like half of our cycle or whatever but you know, I I was starting to feel like a failure because clients would come back and go, oh, I still felt a bit like grumpy just before my period. And I'd be like, oh, what am I doing wrong? And then the penny really dropped when I really understood that we're meant to feel differently every week of our cycle. We have hormonal levels that vary and that really influences us. So that's when I really stepped into the idea of like cyclical living and working with our menstrual cycles understanding what these hormones do at every phase of our cycles and then I didn't feel like a failure anymore because the conversation wasn't like around oh did you feel the same every day of this week last week and the week before but the conversation was like oh how did you feel this week how did you deal with that PMS you know what was that? What was what was going on there? How did you support yourself? And it was very different. And that for me really is like the icing in the cake when it comes to hormone health is understanding that we are cyclical. You know, yeah. if you have a menstrual cycle, you are cyclical. We're all cyclical in one way or another. But if you have a menstrual cycle, you're going to feel differently every single week of the month, every day, really, you know. So that was like the, the top of, of, of the whole sort of like, yeah, the icing on the cake of, of what I was doing.
0: Yeah, no, that's so interesting. And I feel like um, a lot of what you said resonates massively with myself as well. But it's so interesting, isn't it? Like that, like as women, we are completely different to men, like really their hormones. you, You say everyone's cyclical, but does that relate to male and female, do you think? Or is it just really a anyone who identifies as a woman or someone who has a menstrual cycle and like the way I see it is or or correct me if I'm wrong but men seem to have a very much more like a flat line of their hormones they like have peaks in testosterone at say the morning time dipped in the evening and it like in a given month doesn't change that much obviously factors can come into that like maybe they could be if their diet maybe isn't the best, or they're not getting exercise, and they don't get much sunlight, they probably will feel lower in mood and energy because of that. But in general, would it be right in saying that their hormones are a lot more like leveled out versus a female or a woman whose hormones are literally not the same every single day of the month, they do change
1: every single day? Absolutely. Um, When I said we're all cyclical, um, what I meant was like men have a cycle, but it's a twenty-four hour cycle. Women have a cycle, but it's like a monthly cycle, you yeah. know. And and yeah, you're so right. Like the the male menstrual the main male hormone cycle is literally they wake up in the morning their testosterone is at the highest and it dips slowly as the day goes along by the evening it's at its lowest and that's the same every single day of the month so in that sense it is a lot more linear if you're looking at month as the timeline whereas obviously um women or anybody uh, like experiencing a menstrual cycle is like well it's a roller coaster and we can go into that it's it's it changes you know there are four main phases and it's changing like every week roughly of the month okay. so that's very different um you know but I think we also have other cycles right and we'll talk about those I think probably later you've got the moon cycles yeah. you've got the seasons like the yearly wow. cycle and you know I think for so long we've denied all of this and we're just yeah. like feel the same every day and maybe maybe we have a we all we all know we have a 24-hour cycle yeah. you know as in you wake up at a certain time and you need to sleep yeah. but, all the other cycles have just been pushed aside in favor of the 24 hour clock and waking up at the same time, going to sleep at the same time and feeling the same all the time, which is, I think has been really damaging for us because we always feel that there's something wrong with us when actually there is nothing wrong with us. We are just cyclical. And that's a huge part of the message that I try to get out there all the time. Like it really saddens me when when people come to me and they're like, oh, there's something wrong with me because last I'm always really tired the, the, the week building up to my psych, my period. And it's like, we don't want you to be exhausted. Of course you can do work on that. Of course you can. But yeah. you probably won't feel as energized in that week oh. before your period. And that's okay. There is yeah. nothing wrong with you. And that's for me a huge part of of what I do.
0: Yeah. And I, yeah, I love what you do and everything about that, because I feel like a lot of what you said there, like we, we have denied that for so long. And I a lot of that comes down to us living in the 24 hour uh, clock, but also in uh, only looking at as in our hormones never change, like the males, basically, like we are living in a world that is all are all of the studies carried out on you know how we perform how we do um how we respond to medication and mm-hmm. nutritional um suggestions are all performed mainly on yeah. men uh, who have very very regular um hormones and linear yeah. hormones because that leads to you know no um variables you know yeah. as females women who have menstrual cycles are going to have so many variables that they're not they're going to have they're not going to be able to get like clear accurate results or you know maybe not less accurate and more clear results and they won't be straightforward just too much uh compounding factors to make it easy to assess and mm-hmm. um, so we're living in a world that has been designed very much based on how um the linear hormone cycle works okay and then us women like you say who sometimes feel crap and we're like very hard on ourselves because we're meant to be go 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 able to keep up all the time do 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 product productivity is like what we're made for basically that's kind of like the message that has been really fed to us and whereas we're not built like that like we said our hormones are up and down all of the time so like what you and I do now is like realize actually no our hormones are up and down. We need to help women understand this and that it is okay to feel crap at certain times of the month. And like you kind of said, it's not necessarily mean you need to feel woeful to the point of debilitation, but to be okay with not always being honest, not always being in the the the, um, the yang mode or the yin mode of like go 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 and wanting to be out there and extroverted but it's okay to be on the more slower side of things and introverted and there is a side of us that's meant for that and you know we need to start to accept that and start to adapt to more to that more so yeah I think a lot of what you're doing is really really amazing work now very very necessary and Hopefully they're, they are doing more research in females and in women now, but a lot more needs to be carried out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you've touched on one of my favorite topics, which is this idea of like the bias in in, in science. You know, it's misogynistic bias, basically. It's just yeah. like all favored in, in, in for male physiology. And um, yeah. I was reading somewhere the other day that actually now in America, there is a new stipulation that says, women must be included in all studies. But the thing is, it's at least that's now happening. But the thing is now, if you still look at the breakdown, there's only like maybe three female subjects and the rest are all male because women will still skew the data, you know, because the problem is like a woman will respond differently to medication depending where she is in her cycle. Mm-hmm. And we always mess up all the data and it makes it very difficult. So we're very inconvenient when it comes to science. But like we're so awkward, that, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Like, how unscientific do you get when you cut out half of the population? No. Do you know what I mean? Like it is insane. Like, even like dosages for medication are all based on male subjects. Like, you know, for some some women. Some of the dosages for, say, for example, cardiovascular drugs are dangerous at certain points of our cycle because of our estrogen levels. Like it's insane. Um, you know, and we really have to be very careful about all of this. And if you always going back to trusting yourself, if you ever take a medication or do anything and you feel weird, you have to come off it, especially if you're a woman, immediately and question it. But um, Yeah. yeah, the good the good thing is that at least I know in America now all studies must include female subjects. Like I said, there's not enough females in there. There's no way that it's 50-50 or anything like that. Forget it. But at least there has been a recognition that the data is very skewed and there's some really great people doing some amazing work in this field like talking yeah. about this and stuff which is incredible. Yeah, exactly.
0: I think even recently
1: you can look at
0: like the most like a big area that happened was the COVID vaccine and on the menstrual cycle and how that wasn't considered the first time it was um, administered to the, te- the test the, the people who tested it and um, the, the groups that were, were first trialed using it and then it came out there recent that it has now been found to cause yeah. uh, upset in women's menstrual cycle, especially if they're prone to maybe issues like PCOS or endometriosis and things like that. But mm-hmm. even if not, there were seen um, changes in their menstrual cycle. Uh, yet this wasn't even considered uh, at all. And like uh, so many women were gaslit about this at the beginning. Uh, so many women, like they were saying, they thankfully a lot of anyone who was working with me, it was definitely a safe space. And like, obviously us knowing a bit about how something like a vaccine can uh, stimulate your immune system is going to affect your your cycle but even myself my own experience I with PCOS had issues with my cycle after the vaccine I went to my GP and was completely dismissed that it had anything to to do with it now I know my cycle so so well like I literally know it so well I know my body very very well and this had only changed it was no coincidence. Like nothing else had changed in my life, only that. But I was like, no, no, there's no, you need to go on the pill if you've got these symptoms. Um, which is just, it's just so horrible to hear. And I just, I left without saying anything, but, um, I mean, this is what all women were hearing across the world mostly were like there was no recognition that yeah possibly this is maybe because now a lot thankfully research has come out and shown that the vaccine has actually can have um impacts on menstrual cycle and it's in paper now and highlighted for us to, and we don't have to feel gaslit anymore thankfully but like again knowing your own body here is never really kind of Considered is it like um you go in yourself and you're kind of like told no no like just take this and you'll be fine or whatever and that just the whole system infuriates me massively and how that's kind of happening still.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I saw the same with myself and my clients. You know, from the very beginning, like it was like periods were changing and everything and in in all their characteristics, cycle length was going weird. My personal experience actually was that my cycles improved, like, you know, really? but, it, but they changed. Right. Yeah. So I got longer cycles. My menstrual headaches went away. So but that's not to say that that ultimately has a, has a beneficial effect for me deep down. You know, that yeah. was just how it expressed itself. Um yeah you know, and, 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 but like you say, so many of my clients were going to the GP and they were like, no, no, no. It's that it's that. it's the gaslighting, right? It's just like that. No, you are stupid. You don't know anything. The science says it's safe. And it's like, yeah, the science says you're not going to drop dead probably within 24 hours of having it, but it doesn't say anything else because it doesn't. Yay. you know if you're saying that the, same, the, the whole fertility you know vaccine and fertility I have clients who contact me and they're like I don't know what to do I want to get pregnant or I am pregnant and I'm just like I don't even there isn't anything out there like I, I cannot tell you anything you know like yeah, there yeah. is no research for me to really help you with it and then it becomes really really difficult and yeah like you say to then just be told to go on the pill I mean come on I know, you know, I know. Like, and this isn't
0: yeah, like I don't think either of us are like trying to scare say the vaccine wrong here or anything. We're no. just trying to say that you know that like there it started off I guess that they didn't consider the role something would have on the female cycle, something that is like the fifth vital vital sign of the women's uh, health and body that wasn't considered in the very first trials, and um, that soon came about when so many women were reporting changes. Yet for ages they were being told there was no issues with it. So no. It's, just to highlight that in relevance to like the menstrual cycle and women's health, and why that's why we're speaking about it, I guess. But um, yeah, absolutely. It's just, uh, and then uh, like I suppose that can bring us into maybe let's talk about the pill, really. Then when we are being told to go on it for absolutely every malady that you may have, <laughs> like, and you know, I, I get it. I I consider myself well informed when it comes to my health and nutrition, uh, and then to be told to oh, just take the pill. To do it. I I don't even bother engaging in the conversation because. I just don't see it as really point see it as pointless really Mm -hmm. and so like I can understand I I don't even like other women going in I'm sure they feel like worse nearly not being able to maybe say anything either like are confused they're so confused and like they're hearing maybe someone like myself and you say no the pill doesn't do this and then the GPs that we all trust are saying the pill will regulate your hormones and it'll Mm -hmm. give you your period
1: back Mm -hmm. yeah Oh my gosh. So that's those are the some phrases that really, really upset me because you know, they, as you and you and I know, they don't regulate your hormones. They completely block the, the, the way your, your own hormones are working. Your brain and your ovaries stop talking. Oh, they right. regulate them in the sense that yes, maybe some of the symptoms you were experiencing disappear, but that's got nothing to do with your hormones being regulated. They're completely being shut off, mm-hmm. right? So that's, I hate that word regulate yeah. because it's not regulating. Not uh, regulated, unfortunately. Like. No, there's nothing going on there. It just, it's masking everything else that's going off. It's like just cutting off off the telephone wires you know the communication yeah. between the brain and the ovaries and then what was the other thing that you said as well about um there was two things you said that you said that it regulates oh and it'll, it'll, it'll help with your periods right so yeah, bring back that your period bleed or, yeah. is not a period as we well know that bleed is just like you know something that you it's a breakthrough bleed and it's not menstruation you can only menstruate if you've ovulated and you will not ovulate on the pill clearly because that's what stops you from you know getting pregnant um And it's just these two things, you know, so many people are like, oh, yeah, you know, and there is no doubt that the pill can help some people. Again, we're not telling people not to go on the pill. I think it's it's just about making sure that it's the right choice for you and trusting yourself if you're taking the pill and it's not going in the way you expected it to or it's not doing what you wanted it to. You know really trusting yourself to 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 like ha- make that judgment call on whether it's the right thing for you or not you know rather than going oh but i was told it would regulate my periods like you know that and of course if you go on the pill and you bleed you probably won't bleed as heavily because it's not a period but don't be you know don't get mistaken don't get confused by the language they're using because it's not yeah. a period and i think it does all go down to this trusting yourself you know yeah. because I have worked with people who, you know, the pill has really, really helped them for a certain amount of time. And they they needed that space to just get a bit of relief. You know, maybe sometimes we do work on the on the diet, you know, on lifestyle, you know, underneath kind of thing, supporting themselves. They're able at least to, maybe they, maybe that pain is not quite as bad if you've got a lot of bad period yeah. pain, really heavy bleeds. It just gives you that bit of space. And then if you get yourself into like a better place, all over health, then you can think about coming off it. So, yeah. of course, it can help. But the other thing, as well, is some women are on the pill for so many years, right? Like, yeah early teens until maybe mid-30s when you might want to have a child or even sometimes you hit menopause and you're like oh I better come off this now because like <laughs> and, been a while. yeah and it's that length of time like are we studying women who have been on the pill for 30 years do we know the long-term effects you know what effects yeah. this has on them post-menopause do we know what's going on like yeah. it's it's just crazy crazy crazy
0: and i guess like there's so much more to our menstrual cycle than just getting pregnant or not getting pregnant like you know the role of our hormones have a huge impact in our ongoing health in our menopause years like it's like our heart is our cardiovascular health or mm-hmm. our bone health and our brain health and um, mm-hmm. it, it's profound all the the areas that it really affects so mm-hmm. just looking at it like as in oh it's just you know it's just my period it doesn't really matter there is a lot more to your monthly cycle than just um getting that bleed every month that's kind of just basically the byproduct of like yeah. what's happening isn't it like the actual real ha- goings-on are the fluctuation in the hormones that you have in in your menstrual cycle so that's not happening if you're on a peer on a on a pill or a birth control pill mm-hmm. um and so there has to be consequences of that like and it may not be severe like it's not saying like to scare anyone at all like because we don't really know that's the thing <laughs> do we- do we really? know? no, we don't. So it's not to say, but at the same time, some our own cycle does make these own natural hormones. And some of the possible factor areas that may affect is like, if you're not making your own progesterone, you may notice feeling a little bit more anxious or irritable, say, because that progesterone that you make yourself is extremely anti-inflammatory, but also very relaxing, soothing, if you make enough of it. Uh, whereas the one that's in the pill, progestin, does not have them lovely benefits so you can feel a little more anxious and irritable and things like that so they're like maybe the more immediate effects but um like you said i do think there's a great place for the pill and thankfully we have it like you know i've been on the pill this isn't to shame anyone for being on the pill i've been on it and um, for both reasons for the contraceptive reason and for the um been told to go on it to get my period back when I went PCOS Mm -hmm. this is before I knew what it actually did Mm -hmm. and and it it, it is great to have that option there and like you say it can really help someone who has terrible pain has not got time to look at it through why this pain is occurring because there is a root cause and maybe just having the time to give to relieving that so it's great in that instance but Mm -hmm. It's kind of a it's like a whack-a-mole approach. One symptom show, shows up. We're trying to bang that one down. Here's that pill. Another one shows up. What pill can we give for that one? It's not really identifying the root issue, and that's the problem I have with it really. And I'm sure you do too. Is that it's just not getting to a root of an issue. It's more a band-aid cover it up, surface area
1: kind of issue. Absolutely, I completely agree with you. You know, and I think you you raised a good point as well that you know w- women sometimes don't have the time for it or other situations like you know I've been reading a great book called unwell women and it really traces the history of women in medicine from the beginning of time and it also you really understand like how difficult life was for women before good contraception like you know you'd have like multiple pregnancies you really were at the mercy of of any the man who got you pregnant right like it was horrific so the pill did something incredible there it gave us this freedom You know, like and of course, you know, you can see how when all this kind of like exploded in the 60s and 70s, it was a massive sexual revolution. And it's a really important part of our evolution, you know, in this kind of like world of of being equal with men and everything else. But I feel now we're getting to that next chapter. Right. Which is like that was great. And it was really, really, really important but now what is next how else can we take charge of our bodies you know like a lot yeah. of the pill formulations haven't even really changed that much or actually changed for the worse and all of this and there's no interest in in, in helping women like in that medical way to support their, con- their their contraception or their female health whereas a lot of women now are like okay well how can I take charge of my fertility you know and there's a lot more conversations around yeah. understanding your body understanding when you ovulate understanding you don't get pregnant every single day of the month you know? like (laughs) huge things like this and it's this is like almost like the next generation of of, yeah really claiming our bodies sovereignty of our bodies but I do also think when I look back at the pill I'm like oh my god at the time it was incredible but we have to now move on to the next stage I Um, totally
0: agree and I think maybe it's been a little bit overused at the moment isn't it it's just kind of like it's the go-to treatment it's everything that it's the answer to everything you know like it really is but where it's we know it's really really not like and I feel like it's doing such a disservice to women you know it's Mm. just it's not like they go in They want answers. I don't feel myself. My hormones are all over the place, and yet this is the option that they're being given. And like, it's just, I just don't feel it's. It's very frustrating. And like, if now understanding what it was, I'm just kind of like, is that all you can do for me? Like, you know, come on, like. And and down the line, it's also, it has to be costing the healthcare system more money in the long run because Mm -hmm. they end up coming off it completely deficient in a load of nutrients. Mm -hmm. they are cycles all over the place. So then they're thinking, what's wrong? They need to then maybe... go into like um IVF treatment and things Mm -hmm. like that without having done any work on their own cycle which Mm -hmm. could actually be okay if they had spent time on it in a more natural way um Mm -hmm. so it has to be costing more money in the long run as well and when you think about all the maybe impacts it may have on say bone health and cardiovascular disease
1: health down the line too Mm, mm, absolutely and i think it's it's that right it's like it's the only option that's what's extremely frustrating for everything so you go in with a headache you go in with bad skin you go in with heavy periods you go in with pcos and it's the same with their different pills but they are ultimately the contraceptive pill and it's it's doing the same thing you know what I mean like imagine going in and saying oh you know I've got like a sore knee and something else and and then just being given the same pill for absolutely everything it's just it's it it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever and there's never a discussion about like you say the root causes what's going on you don't ever even get asked How's your stress levels you know what I mean like they never look at things like blood sugar which you know especially like things like PCOS for example are huge right and quite a lot of the time if you if you work on blood sugar hormonal problems just really you know they improve vastly no doctor ever 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 said to me or any of my clients oh let's do some blood sugar work or let's even measure your blood sugar you know it's crazy and that's that would be such a simple you know great place to start but it's not even looked at
0: yeah, I wonder when we'll get to a time where it's complimentary because this isn't just GPs. There's so much, or doctors in general. There's so much that they do, and, and 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 like, thank God we have them. I just feel female health and women's health is really lacking, and that extra level of care that they that we need and they need. Like they are not, we're not getting enough time, and I know the GPs don't have time. That's probably Mm -hmm. a big factor in it to ask the question like what's your lifestyle like what's your relationships like what's your like your nutrition like when do you get time to yourself to eat and like what do you fuel yourself with they don't get to ask these questions which is down to probably the system the time limits but they're the things that really could like make a difference or matter more so than you know like maybe weighing them on a scale and finding out very little from their health that way you don't know much about someone's health from a number on the scale which is kind of what's happening (laughs) <laughs> yes.
1: Don't get me started on the weighing thing and, and all of that as well, because, you know, that's just absolutely crazy. There's this, you know so many studies now showing that all that is flawed you know like weight and health do not necessarily go hand in hand you know and it's really unhelpful to be told go away and lose weight and you'll balance your hormones when probably your hormones um could be causing the weight issues and or could have nothing to do there's so many things going on there like it's crazy and like all that does is like if somebody's going in to see a doctor who's already feeling a bit crappy about themselves and then they get weighed and they get shamed for their weight and they get told that it's all centered around losing weight when when you have hormones that are raging they're going to control your weight it's got nothing to do with what you're eating and you feel totally helpless don't you and you feel like again there's something wrong with you but it's not you it's a system that's so unbelievably like skewed against you i know and like tell someone to lose weight who probably has tried
0: everything they've probably done every diet there is probably exercising all the time and they can't figure out what's going on and then yeah like you say feel more ashamed because of it so yeah okay i think we um (laughs) i think we shared our opinions on this kind of area like so (laughs) I feel like we're in choppy water. I don't want to go any further. <laughs> Can't they say something. No, um, no, I, I guess really the whole point of this is just to highlight that. Like, I feel that women don't get enough time um and and enough service and care really and and, and the right care for their for their ongoing health and just being told to take something to to shut things down for a while it's just not good enough it it really isn't and fair enough if that's what you want to do go for it but give them the option and give them the information and that's the thing the information isn't being given if someone went in and you two women went in one was told or both of you were told what the pill actually does if you decide one decides not to one decide to go on it that's fine it doesn't matter what you decide to do as long as you're informed the problem I have is I have women coming to me say in their late 20s I just wish I knew this I just wish I knew this when I went on it they don't know and then I, I, they feel it's too late and it's not but like they have work to do particularly like there was issues there beforehand and it's just a bit of a it can be a bit of a struggle or a bit of a battle um you know in your in your late 20s and like I came off the pill in 27 um at 27 and like it, it took me at least a year and a half and I had PCOS but like mm-hmm. it took me a year and a half to get that like get a cycle that was looked normal uh, yeah. again um and my normal as well like my normal is different to somebody else's too but um yeah, yeah, that's just I just think if I had known that to going on the pill, I only learned that through my own study and I'm starting to be really interested in women's health as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think it's just about having choices, being informed and not being ignored. You know, that's really and, and trusting yourself if it feels good to you, do it, you know, like absolutely. But if not trust that instinct especially women we're so we have such good gut instincts right like yeah 100 good gut instincts but all our lives we've been like it's been sort of like cut off or we've been told not to trust ourselves totally. but trust that
0: mm-hmm. yeah okay super so i think we've kind of gone it over like a bit of like that really took a big chunk of them some of the topics but like we talked a little bit about the menstrual cycle but i guess let's go into like the 101 of hormones just for anyone listening who's still a bit confused by what we're saying there so sorry it took about like 40 minutes to get into the basics of this <laughs> <laughs> for anyone listening it's like what no um what would, let's talk about like the, the the flow of our hormones the, the mm-hmm. different phases and what's kind of going on in each of them and like we'll try and keep this you know brief enough because like um yeah we've we um will hopefully be able to explain in a short in a
1: short enough way <laughs> we can do whistle stop tour absolutely right. so you know the female hormonal cycle is divided into four main phases i like to think of them oh i like to use a model called the inner seasons model just because it's really easy to relate to and just as we have outer seasons we've got inner seasons Mm -hmm. and it it really makes it very easy to work with this so we're all I like to start with when we have our periods menstruation right and that we call inner winter think about it when it's winter outside what do we want to do hibernate sleep take it easy eat lots of nourishing foods hormonally estrogen and progesterone which are the two main hormones involved in the menstrual cycle they are at their lowest and that just makes us feel yeah just A bit slow, you know, sometimes um, a bit sleepy, just wanting to retreat from the world. And that's the first phase of the cycle. Then we start slowly moving into inner spring. When your period finishes, you stop bleeding. You might start feeling a bit more energy. You know, you start thinking like, oh, I'm ready to... To come back into the world, things don't feel so overwhelming anymore. You're a bit more like, oh, um, and that's because your estrogen is rising. And estrogen is that real energy giving, very outward energy, you know, really like like spring outside, you know, that feeling of oh, back in the world. Yeah. Um, then we move on to inner summer or ovulation. Um, And that's, you know, like, how do we feel in summer, you know, full of the joys of spring, but summer also like, you know, just bouncing up and down, loads of energy. Um, and, And that's really the time when we are probably what we call feeling our best but it's it's interesting because I feel that that's where society likes women who are ovulating a because we can make babies and that's what the world wants of us but also because estrogen is very people-pleasing so we tend to be like yes 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 of course you know that feeling when you say yes to a million things and then the week after you're like why did I do that what was I thinking yeah <laughs> um you know so that's very much that inner summer feeling. And then once we ovulate, our estrogen starts dropping. That's where you can start to feel a bit more tired, a bit more wanting to go inwards. If you've ovulated about seven days afterwards, you're going to produce progesterone. And progesterone is more of a nesting because it's a hormone of pregnancy, right? Like you already mentioned earlier, progesterone also makes you feel quite calm, quite nice, and, and sort of like mm, it's a very cozy but very gentle hormone. Um And then you get that for a few days and that drops and then estrogen comes up again a little bit. So sometimes you can get this sort of like burst in energy and then everything comes down and we head towards in a winter. So this whole bit is in autumn and it's a bit turbulent. Sometimes it's where PMS tends to be and yeah. it tends to be the rockiest bit for many people um it doesn't have to be like that but it can be but it also because there's so many there's a lot going on hormonally in this period of our cycles right um so that's pretty much the menstrual cycle yeah in a nutshell you know go and look at a chart online I've got them on my Instagram I'm sure you'll talk about you know they're everywhere look at it and familiarize yourself but you know the best way to describe it it is like a roller coaster Mm -hmm. you know there's ups and downs and peaks and troughs and that's why we do not feel the same every day yeah and reminding yourself of that is a game changer
0: yeah totally do you think um do you, with cycle thinking do you think every woman is going to have a unique cycle though like so say for example like the inner winter you talk about feeling like want to be cozy and maybe you're not have as much energy but someone else might actually feel energized or feel okay like it probably looks different for everyone like the way I like to say it is just being aware yes. of what is going on at each phase of the cycle and uh, doing what feels good for you. But like, if you are feeling maybe a little bit more fatigued or tired, that might be a time just to listen to that and not push yourself. But if you feel okay, and you want to do a workout, you can do a workout um just because I feel a lot of the time and I might have been guilty of this myself particularly in the early early stages of learning about this kind of thing saying oh you probably need to do just yoga during your period yeah like okay that could be a great exercise probably is a lovely one to do to be honest it's very nice when you're when you're bleeding and you don't feel Mm -hmm. that energized but I've also worked out on my period and actually done a really good workout you know you can still do that and feel okay and that's fine so um there is a lot of I suppose generic advice out there and it's just for maybe more education and awareness but awareness but take it as what resonates for you I guess is
1: kind of the way I would absolutely the the whole like especially that inner seasons model it's like a very broad one and then I think once you start understanding it it's a great place to start because we don't want to feel overwhelmed so you start with it and you see and you're like well how does this feel for me I mean and also Let's not forget that our cycles change as well, our own individual cycles, you know. So I'm going through this phase at the moment where day two. So day two of my period, I am hyper and crazy and I could take on the world. I don't know what's going on, you know. And the first few months I was like, no, 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 I need to rest. Like trying to rest when you're literally buzzing is really difficult. Now I just literally probably do a week's work in one day literally i just sit here like an absolute lunatic and just bash out loads of stuff and then i'm exhausted afterwards but there's no I point i want to have those hormones i want that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's hilarious yeah i know right i'm just like wow um but equally and, and something that a lot of women reach out to me about is ovulation being really difficult so we talk about well, it I as the summer difficult yeah exactly you know so that's just the theory behind it but there's lots of other factors that take place and the last one we want is for your menstrual cycle work to become another thing that makes you feel like shit about yourself you know like everybody has a different experience so like you say you track you work with your own cycle you see what that means to you you know and then you work with that so if ovulation is difficult actually maybe ovulation is where you need to rest maybe that's where you don't go to the gym right and that's also okay um but it's I think the reason why we talk about this cycle in this inner seasons pattern is just to start having that conversation we start somewhere and then it's like make it your own and understand your own cycle and understand that it's not always going to be the same as well because that's another big one
0: so true and I I love all that because it, it makes it's great to have a basis a conversation about this like that our hormones are not the same they do fluctuate but also make it your own too it's individual to you and like like the advice that's out there say on ovulation this is when you're going to feel amazing and be full of energy and there's sometimes i'm ovulating and it probably is down to me having pcos Mm -hmm. but i feel very very tired and bloated and that i feel it could be down to i'm trying to ovulate and um, I'm like basically it's a struggle for me to ovulate because of PCOS being that in nature and there's some months where I just notice I'm so fatigued I've got mm-hmm. a headache I've got bloating and constipation and I never get that normally in any other phase but coming <laughs> ar- around the time where I feel okay I think I'm ovulating right now and this is where I'm meant to be like I want to go to gym this is what I'm meant to be out and about all the time where the last thing I want to do yeah. now like I started to like recognize that this is happening and I have implemented things that help me more I recognize a little bit more this time which is not the advice it's given but mm-hmm. I know what's right for me and I eat more foods that help with um digestion because I feel if I'm moving bowels basically that kind of relieves things like headaches and gets rid of the excess estrogen that maybe is going on I might be accumulating yeah. too much of that so um That's just kind of making it like, you know, letting people know that, like, that's my, my own story with my cycle. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always look like ovulation, the peak and how you feel amazing. I have seen that with other PCOS women, that the actual ovulation time can be nearly more difficult because I guess PCOS in nature is when you're struggling to ovulate. So around that time might just you might maybe it needs more energy to do so from the body maybe you're building up a lot of estrogen and have a longer follicular phase which is quite common so there's all those kind of factors that might be contributing to it so yeah like you said listen to your own body get in tune with your cycle what is how you're feeling yourself and tracking it's great because you start to see patterns that might be related to your unique self so um Yeah, I definitely think the conversation is brilliant to have and there is so much, you know, use in knowing the different seasons, the different Mm -hmm. phases and um, how they correspond to how maybe you want to act and feel and behaviours to carry out and things like that
1: absolutely yeah and I think just having fun with it as well yeah. you know a lot of uh women I work with are like it, it starts feeling like something else to do and I'm just like let's have fun let's not make yeah. it let's like another to-do thing it doesn't matter if you don't track every day you know like it's yeah. all good let's yeah. just in, let's see just like how am I feeling and where am I in my cycle oh cool okay and you'll yeah. see patterns will emerge you know and you'll notice them doesn't happen. I think what can happen is you can get so into the
0: mindset of like, oh, I'm totally luteal phase would be like this. I'm in the luteal phase now. So, I mean, I'm going to have loads of cravings. I can't do anything. I'm in a bad yeah. mood. And you can convince yourself that this is yeah. how it's going to look. Where, like, no, like, it doesn't have to be this way. You can just like chill and for don't get too hung up on these, like what what they're meant to be like, and just kind of focus. Try and get into yourself and be more in tune with how you actually feel. I think that's a better a better approach, really.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah
0: in terms of then let's go into a little bit about nutrition consider a remote nutritionist and we work with nutrition to support our hormones what kind of i suppose general advice as well keep it as general as possible uh, do you have with relation to um, supporting your hormones like reducing Mm -hmm. say pms and reducing um like the fatigue that someone may get and the crankiness or the cravings things Mm -hmm. like that and this was supporting better periods in general
1: yeah. So I already mentioned this idea of blood sugar balancing, right? When you go to the GP. And for me, this is really like the the, the building block to all hormone yeah. health, because blood sugar affects insulin. Insulin is a master hormone. If that is all over the place, it will affect a lot of things. Um, and as we know, it's a huge factor in things like PCOS, but it's huge for everything because stable blood sugar means um moods are more stable it means um cravings are more stable you know all of these things um so what that ultimately means is eating fairly regularly you don't have to eat there was like maybe about five ten years ago we were obsessed with eating every two to three hours then we went to the other extreme which was like intermittent fasting and not eating for hours and hours on end I don't feel either of those is particularly helpful for hormones yeah. I think it's like Eat before you get really, really, really hungry, hungry, you know, and eat your three meals a day if you feel you need a snack. I think the other big thing is eat protein and fats, you know, like we really have to eat good protein and fats. And I, I work with a lot of women who just don't eat enough protein and fat. They yeah. just there's this thing that I don't know, I, I don't know where protein got, especially protein, got a very bad name somewhere along the line, mm-hmm. poor thing. You know, and it's just it's like the, the vegetarian vegan. Kind of
0: approach um and like not if not eating any of those kind of foods it could be that as well and yes I that, um, it is a tricky element that i find and, and even as a nutritionist um i find this a difficult area like kind of giving the right advice on this because obviously from a environmental point of view um animal products are maybe not as favorable but from a biological and physiological point of view they are hugely nutrient dense mm-hmm. um, and and Pro- provide bioavailable nutrients and in terms of I suppose uh, nutritional composition they probably are more favorable than say vegan protein mm-hmm. sources you know because they're not fully they're complete proteins. so mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts is not kind of delved off a little bit but I find this a
1: little bit tricky at times to to support people on. It is really really tricky and you're absolutely right I mean I think there's more and more stuff coming around around the fact that the debate should be around pushing for really sustainable farming. You know, actually when you compare all the data, I think like actually eating vegan products is not as good for the environment as it's been made out to be. There's a lot of deforestation takes place, blah blah, 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 blah. Right. So I think that one, that has to be rebalanced a little bit. And we need to be carrying on having the conversations about how our meat is being produced, yeah. how often we're eating the meat, because things like animal products, like you said, they really do pack a nutritional punch, right? So you don't even need to eat as many of them as, you, as we think we do. Like you can really, like for example, talking about getting like omega-3s, if you have like oily fish twice a week, you're kind of pretty much hitting all your omega-3 um, quotas, right? And that's like, that's not that much. If you think about it, you can still eat a load of veg and, and things. But it is very difficult um, because I I just don't think people are focusing on the right things at the moment. There's There's a very like us and them debate going on between people are like you must eat meat and the and and vegans and vegetarians and I'm like let's all come together and demand that our food is coming from sustainable sources it's not ruining the environment because at the moment both meat and vegetables are messing everything Uh up you know what I mean and let's let's really come together because we we clearly have the same like sort of aims you know what I mean we, yeah. we care about our health and we care about the planet so let's talk about how we can pull this together and I've attended a few talks on this recently and it's been quite inspiring to listen to this like let's let's pull this together but yeah. it is it, it's not easy you know because um I, I get it and a lot of people are reluctant to to eat animal products because of the issues at the moment but then I see the impact it's having on their hormones and I'm just like oh my gosh what do we do you know <laughs> like it's tricky. It yeah, like a bit of um
0: I don't know, like fish is great or red meat now and again for someone who doesn't need it or really may need it, particularly if they've got hormonal issues, like um they do pack a punch, they get a bigger bang for your buck basically from these foods um in terms of nutritional composition anyway. But um yeah, no, I just thought I'd, I'd chat with you about that because like you say, protein is so, so important and it is like key for satiety, blood sugar regulation, which is the key for hormone balance in general. And I I am the exact same as the cornerstone of what we should all be starting with is blood sugar regulation. And. Um, but yeah, protein and fats with each meal, and um, I'm I'm sure like fiber in there as well, like to help with the bowel movement, digestion, and like your digestion's massively linked with your cycle. And if
1: your digestion's running quite well, you can see your hormones definitely improve. Absolutely, like getting, you know, again, hormone health really starts in the gut, right? If you yeah. are one of the first things I ask my clients is how regularly are you having yeah. a bowel movement, and if if I hear anything under once a day, I'm like, right, okay, forget any of the hormone balancing like supplements. We need to get you to the toilet regularly. Like that's you know number one thing. Absolutely, really, really, really important yeah yeah super
0: so i guess really like to support your hormones blood sugar regulation protein and fats and um supported digestion are really good areas to start with before thinking you need to take on every single supplement that's been told to balance your hormones that's where it's so important to start with and like like you say you don't have to be eating every two to three hours but like before you kind of start getting really hungry that's where you want to avoid so like that's a good place to kind of pay attention to as well absolutely yeah and um, I think then like the next area we'll, we'll cover and I find this interesting you do talk about it a little bit on your page and you kind of mentioned it at the start as well the different kind of cycles that are out there and um, how cyclical we are but there's something called the moon cycle or mm. it's like your infrared cycle is it or is that what it's called or infrared rhythm or something like I, that? They
1: call it the infradian. infradian. Rhythm, yeah yeah
0: so yeah yeah so um yeah like what what is this about okay so I'm really interested in this because like I noticed like maybe if my cycles have got a little bit irregular they soon start to match up then with the moon again like a full moon and I'm like okay what's happening here like and I guess it's just curious to know through what what your thoughts are on or what you know about that
1: (laughs) yeah so obviously, the lunar cycle is a 28 and a half day cycle. So you know, that goes all the way from a new moon, it takes 14 days to the full moon, and then another 14 days back to another new moon. And that is what we call the lunar cycle. And it's not dissimilar to your average female cycle, right? So that's also roughly about 28 days. But having said that, you know that's a really average number and we all have very different cycle lengths and there's no no shame there's nothing wrong with you if you've got slightly different lengths um but the 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 kind of the idea is especially before we lived in built-up cities and had loads of electricity we were much more in sync with this lunar cycle so women would generally sync up with the moon and they would bleed they would have their periods on the new moon so that's when the sky is completely dark and then um they would ovulate around the full moon okay and this is how it would go like that's one type of cycle a lot of women match up to that another popular another one that that can happen is the opposite so you will have your period on the full moon and then you will like ovulate on the new moon and you'll find we generally move from one to the other you know and there's uh the author miranda gray she called this cycle the wise woman cycle when you move through like sometimes you you have one you you were bleeding with the full moon sometimes you're ovulating with full moon and it's moving through these different experiences and how they feel in your body like how that moon influences us you know like because the moon if you think about it you know it influences tides and huge amounts of things and you know we have so much water in us so how is that affecting us the moon has you know also it also affects our melatonin which is our sleep yeah. hormone you know massively i you you know you've probably experienced really sleepless full moon nights as well when you're like writhing about in your bed you know yeah. and you know, there are reports, you know, it can it can affect our moods, there are reports, huge reports of like loads more people turning up at places like A&E on a full moon, you know, like it's crazy, like how the moon is influencing our behavior. And especially if you have a menstrual cycle, you already got this cyclical aspect yeah. going on. So syncing up with that, you know, can, can be very powerful. And there's no wrong or right way to bleed yeah. with the moon um i have found that some of my clients who've had very irregular cycles who, who haven't had cycles their periods have kind of disappeared for a while when they start working with the moon sometimes their periods will come back which i think is incredible right just to have this i think it's just getting their bodies back into a cyclical way of living yeah, yeah. Um, And it's also quite fun if you like, you know, you want to start playing around with like doing little rituals or if you quite like this connection that the the moon gives you, you know, and you do happen to be having your period during the full moon or whatever. You can like then really spend some time connecting with it, you know, accessing this kind of deeper level of connection with the earth. Um, But really, I think, like I said, there's no wrong or right way to do it just having fun with it I think is really really great yeah. and like you say sometimes you'll notice you'll go a bit irregular and then you're like oh you know yeah. Ooh, I'm ovulating and it's a new moon yeah, and, yeah. you know how yeah. can I tap into those powers how can I have fun with that yeah. Um, and yeah I mean there's a lot of talk of like wise women bleeding on the on the full moon and using that kind of time for bleeding to access intuition and all of these things and if that resonates do it is what i yeah. say and if it doesn't then it doesn't but i always find it interesting when you start tracking your cycle if sometimes you like match it with a lunar calendar sometimes you can find some really interesting things and you're like oh okay Sounds you know true, when you're, yeah. you're like like a very intense period or you're really really tired and then you're like oh okay yeah it was the full moon right yeah. almost feels like it, there is something going on I mean yeah. but I think we all experience it differently
0: definitely and you said there are some women who may not have had a period for a while and then they work with matching up with the moon how do they do that or how do you match up with the moon or get in sync with the moon What like it rituals or just kind of like be more aware of it
1: Yeah. So I, uh, one of the ways you can do it is start off like um, with the new moon. So the new moon, you know, you can get any like lunar app on your phone and the day of the new moon, the first day you would talk, you would call that day one. And you would just, maybe you could journal a little bit about that, see how you feel and maybe start developing a little practice where you see how you feel every day. And day one would be like, in theory, your menstruation, your start of your period. And you would just start seeing how you feel through all through the lunar cycle. And you could do little rituals. So if you were like, okay, so this is day one, this feels like it's my bleed, I'm going to maybe, you know, like, put out a free crystals or do a meditation or something and then just work your way through that and and see and then when you get to the to the full moon to the yeah the full moon then you might be like oh this is ovulation how is my energy now how am I feeling and and just starting to connect with the idea that every day has a bit of a different energy to it and how does that energy feel in you even like post-menopausal women who want to carry on being cyclical will go back to being to working with the cycles of the moon as well because okay yeah. you know, some women are like you know they're a bit upset that they've been started doing cyclical work and then they're like oh god now now I haven't got a period I haven't got a cycle I don't know what to do so they go back to working with the lunar cycles which I think is really beautiful.
0: Oh lovely and like would they just feel like more like in in cyclical as you say yes. with that and yeah
1: nice. They will see like they might be like oh you know I feel great on a new moon you know that's when I get all my energy that's when I've got my focus and drive or they might be like new moons I just need to go and hide in a cupboard for three days (laughs) you know like a bit like we do when we're doing our our kind of like cyclical menstrual work yeah yeah. you get to spot patterns and things yeah no I think it's a super interesting
0: area like we kind of said before like there's not any research on it or anything like so like you're not going to find much on it but like like a lot of stuff it comes down to like your own intuition what you know about yourself your own body and how you feel and just sometimes being aware Mm -hmm. like you know, if you are following the moons and uh, like being like, oh, it's a full moon now. Like, cause I feel knackered around the full moon. Like I'm like, oh, it must be full moon right now. <laughs> no, I do see people say it a lot. Like, oh, it's full moon. Like for anything that goes wrong, like. but generally <laughs> for like a full, when it's t- a full moon, I am so tired and I don't sleep mm-hmm. great and my dreams are wild. So like, I can't make that up, like, do you know what I mean? I can't make my dreams, you know, like, so I don't, that is, it is interesting that seems to happen right then. And like, like when my cycle, I do get a lot more cycles around the full moon. Uh, mm. it, it mightn't be the exact day of it but it could be like you know the day after or maybe a day or two afterwards mm. as well like so I just find that interesting too um I don't know if I get them on the new moon maybe I have but I don't think I pay attention to the new moon as much as the full moon because yeah. full moon is so obvious it's so big bright and yeah. I love like, I actually love the moon like I think it's so beautiful like so I, I mean, every time I see it I'm like oh it's full moon like, I get really excited like but uh with the new moon like because I have got into it a little bit more like the Moons and the cycles. So, Mm -hmm. what I do for my rituals in new moon, I kind of bring in newness. I kind of like what I want to bring in, what my intentions are for this cycle or this month. Uh, Whereas a full moon, I see that as a time to release, let go, what's not helping me, serving me. And so, I have, I suppose, a little ritual on that. Like, and Mm -hmm. I suppose you can do this at any time. It doesn't have to be around the moon, but it's a it basically centers me to do it I will do this more around the moon whereas if I were just to say oh I'll do it on a random day I probably wouldn't do it so yeah. you know each to their own it doesn't have to be around the moon but it's just a nice way of journaling reflection and giving yourself a bit of focus and goal setting that's simply in a way what it is but I just like to do it in line with the moons whatever I could be a
1: witch or a weirdo I don't know but like I just really <laughs> like it <laughs> I agree I think it's fun and I think the moon is just such yeah. a great anchor you know yeah, the I mean, remember, it, like oh cool. this is great you know, you remind you're like oh it's like sometimes another full moon creeps up on me and i'm like my god is that a month oh my god I know we just had one I that's exactly how I feel as well yeah it does kind of
0: give me like a a grounding of where we are nearly I'm like another one like yeah Yeah, (laughs) I can remember where I am as well when the last one was I'm like oh yeah the last one it was so lovely I can actually like see it in the sky or whatever like so yeah
1: (laughs) absolutely no and and I love having that extra bit of connection you know with uh, with the earth with where we are in in the universe it just Mm -hmm. gives you this like hmm you know I love that phrase like many moons ago because that's how we would have measured time before and I like to be able to go oh yeah last moon I was doing this and now I'm kind of here and I'm doing this I quite like also reviewing on the full moon so like you said like there's the release element but there's also like the reviewing and like okay so what was I what was I doing a month ago and what was yeah about that's and great. that's quite a nice little kind of contrast that you can play yeah with.
0: I love looking back
1: over my entries
0: like oh what did I want to let go of last time like did I let go of anything <laughs> yeah. holding on to it <laughs> let it go <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah no I just really I just I think obviously people that listen to this are probably like what are they on about like wow when did they- I thought you was a scientist like and no like I am but I love this kind of stuff too but that's just my what I like it's not for everyone that's fine but if you find this interesting or you like it just go with it you know uh, just because you are a scientist doesn't mean you don't have to like there's definitely more powers out there I believe and it's not just like what we read in academic journals there's more to our bodies and that's in tune with nature for sure like so why not tap into it if you're interested you know um but yeah I think that's like we've chatted for a lot so like maybe we'll um (laughs) we'll 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 leave it at this but like is there anything you'd like to say before we we finish the episode any final thoughts or words like you don't have to but if you
1: have anything no, i mean i think it's just always back to like just listen to your body and trust yourself yeah trust yourself you know and if there's a niggling voice there get help talk to someone reach out yeah you know there's a lot of wisdom in that little voice inside of us for sure absolutely well look uh, if anyone wants to look you up find out more
0: about you um what? where can they where can they go where can they find more about you
1: so I tend to be quite active on Instagram my handle is at hormones underscore in underscore harmony you can also contact me via my website which is the same hormonesinharmony.co.uk yeah and just honestly drop me a dm or anything if you've ever got any questions I love interacting talking you know pointing you in the right direction yeah. of things like that's that's the passion of mine you know like really helping you not to feel alone in the hormone journey so um no you have a very good presence on
0: social media and very um Warm kind of energy coming from your, your page. So, uh, mm-hmm. definitely, I'm sure people can go there and feel it's a safe place to engage with you. But um what I'll do is I'll leave links uh, to your website and to your Instagram as well for people yeah. who like, want to look up, it, um, up your page afterwards. But uh, as always, thank you so much for coming on, I really enjoyed that conversation. And, um, you know, we kind of went through a lot there. So,
1: hopefully, people find <laughs> this helpful um, and hopefully, they didn't think we're absolute quacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> embracing it. We, you <laughs> Could be a quack and a scientist. I don't yeah. think we need to have these two separate areas. No, that's it. Bring, bring it. them together.
0: If anything you can take in this episode, there's no right way or wrong way. Just bring in a, a blended approach is the way we want to do everything. You know, medicine. Absolutely. Nutrition, the whole lot. But um thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, if you want to find out more about anything that I do, any of the work I do, check out my Instagram, MG Nutrition or um, yeah, just pop me a DM or an email as well, um, mary-joe at mgnutrition.ie. Thank you so much, and I'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs> I'll have to edit this part now. <laughs> Stop recording.